Hey everyone! For the next few weeks, we're going to be re-airing some of our favorite guest episodes. We'll be back with new episodes soon. Enjoy! Welcome to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Lap and Just One More Slice of Lasagna, then this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shawflam. I am an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I am Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. And before we get started, make sure you talk to your doctor before you begin any workout or nutrition plan. Uh, so, Daphne, do you get our mailing list emails? I do. They're great. Thank you. I'm honored uh, to be on them. <laughs> well, they're theoretically from both of us, but oh. I'll be honest. Oh, yeah. Oh. I write them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, And if you also want to get our awesome emails, you should sign up for our mailing list. Uh, We use it uh, sometimes to send out exclusive content, which is really exciting. Um, We also, we only send them every two weeks, so it's super not annoying. Uh, I get, like, emails from, uh, like, weird hotels I never stayed at, like, twice a day. It's not going to be that kind of situation. It's very simple. Uh, And we talk about a lot of um, information in the episodes that it can be hard to keep track of when you're like on your bicycle or like driving your kids to school. Uh, And so getting the emails, you get some of that uh, in text form in your inbox. So it makes it easier to remember. So if you want to sign up for our mailing list, you can go to our website, which is justonemorepodcast.com. And there's a button that says sign up for our mailing list. Uh, And you can do that. So do that. It'll be fun. Today, we have a very special guest. Yay! Yay. Uh, Daphne, do you want to introduce our guest? Because this is a guest we know because of you. I would, it's an honor to introduce this guest. Uh, She is a near and dear friend of mine. I've known her for a very long time. No one likes a braggart, Daphne. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to brag the, yeah, (laughs) I'm just going to, I could go on forever. Um, and she makes me a better person, and I'd love to introduce my acupuncturist, Sarah, and she's here today. Hi. Yay. Hi. Does Sarah have a last name, Daphne? Vaccarello. Yes. Vaccariello? Vaccarello. Vaccarello. Yes. It's one of those Italian names that are really hard to pronounce, so any stab at it, I, I give you full credit. <laughs> awesome. I always say in my head, Vaccariello, and that's how I... Well, phonetically... Yeah. Mm. If you want to pronounce all of the letters. <laughs> right, right. But cool people pick Just, and choose. Right. So Vaccarello. Vaccarello. Yeah, and yeah. I should know this, but that's you said okay. it earlier and I was like, oh, that's not what I've been saying in my head. All well, we have years. nicknames for each other that aren't even our names. What this are the true. nicknames? Well, Sarah calls me Panda. And I call her Little Cow. Aww. Because her last name, the translation is Little Cow. Little Cow. <laughs> that's in adorable. Italian. <laughs> Adorable. Uh, So, Sarah, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, it's nice to be here. Thank you guys for having me on your podcast. Uh, I'm a licensed acupuncturist, and I have a private practice here in New York City and remotely. I'm on faculty at Tri-State College of Acupuncture here in Manhattan, and I work at NYU NYU Perlmutter Cancer Center. Um, I specialize in sports medicine acupuncture. Uh, so acupuncture kind of has a lot of specialties, just like Western medicine. And sports medicine acupuncture encompasses several things. It's injury prevention, injury rehabilitation, and then optimal performance. So I, I would say a very close fourth category to that would be stress relief and improving stress as it's very common. 
And my style of acupuncture is kind of a hybrid among an acupuncturist, an orthopedist, and a physical therapist. Uh, apart from being an acupuncturist, I like to call myself a movement enthusiast. <laughs> I love moving. Um, I grew up in Denver, uh, Colorado, so I, I love hiking, biking, running, and generally being outdoors. So, yeah. Great. Uh, well, so let's start by talking about a little bit about like how you became an acupuncturist because uh, to me, like it is impossible for me to see the route by which someone gets there because uh, acupuncture was like not at all a part of my, like I was not even aware that it really existed until I came to New York. I grew up in the Midwest and that's not to say there is not acupuncture in the Midwest, but it's easy to miss, I think, mm -hmm. um, especially as a kid. Um, so can you talk a little bit about like how you came to that world? Like what got you interested in it? What, what brought you here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, to your, to your point, acupuncture actually wasn't even legal in New York state until 1993. What? So I know how crazy is that? And I would huh. think most people listening to this podcast were born before 1993. So just like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very interesting to think about that. So it generally has more of a presence on the coasts, on west and east, more so west because it's closer to the Asian countries. Mm -hmm. um, but in the Midwest, it's not as prevalent. Like things generally kind of come into the, the middle part of the U.S. a little bit later. So, yeah, a lot of, and I myself didn't know of it until uh, someone in my family got it. So it was, uh. yeah, it's, but it's, it's getting a little bit more street cred now, nowadays. <laughs> um, I, I came into acupuncture as many people do, or most people do, was by way of receiving it. So I, I'm a former athlete. I grew up playing soccer my whole life at a competitive level and throughout college. And then after college, I transitioned into the traditional workforce, which I very quickly realized was not my optimal setting. This seems to be like a theme for like guests we have on the show and also <laughs> ourselves. Like, right? I'm like down with corporate. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, it turns out I'm not capable of working for anyone but myself. Cool. Yes, I'm starting a business. I, totally. I, I mean, I have a lot of respect for people that can do it because I, I just, it, I knew it wasn't, I was good at what I did. But I, you know, it wasn't my passion. So um, thankfully I had the degree throughout college, even though I was playing soccer. So um, yeah, I got into running because it was a very accessible thing that I could do on my own, even with like a, a nine to five or nine to eight <laughs> works. <laughs> works out. Um, so I began training for a marathon and I all of a sudden had this pain that I was experiencing in my body, like my legs. And I saw an acupuncturist uh, for seven weeks leading up to my, my race week. And I went once a week during that time. And I noticed over that time, I not only felt better like with my pain, but my sleep got better and my energy got better and my digestion was better. And all these things started and my stress level was way down. All these things were so different. And I, I was thinking to myself, you know, the only thing I'm doing differently is acupuncture. There has to be something that's a little bit more to it than just uh, the pain relief for my muscles and my IT band and my structural part of my body. So I was hooked. And what, when you first decided to see the acupuncturist, did you go in, like, what was your attitude going in? Did you believe it would help you at first? I, I'm kind of, I like to employ the, 
the motto of I'll try anything once. Sure. Um, it's, it's actually a really funny conversation or the reason that I went, I was talking to a coworker of mine. I wonder if she even listens. Ryan, Ryan Thanos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she, she's so, I, I adore her. Um, and I didn't know her that well at the time. She was a recent graduate from Vanderbilt and she was definitely talking like that. And she's like, oh my God, you should so try acupuncture. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I said, you know, I'll try anything once. And she said, I have a great acupuncturist that's nearby and who um, actually is a graduate of the same program that I ended up going to. So the program, I'll, I'll get to it more later, but the program mm-hmm. specializes in what we call musculoskeletal pain and physical medicine. So um, it not only is effective for everything that people traditionally see acupuncture for, but it's also very much for athletes and movement enthusiasts and weekend <laughs> mm-hmm. warriors. So uh, so I, I, that's kind of how it came into play. And I, I didn't necessarily have like a negative or positive mm-hmm. idea about acupuncture. My father passed away when I was young of cancer, and I know I remember vaguely of him receiving cancer treat or acupuncture treatment for his side effects for uh, his cancer and his chemo. So I knew that that it like existed somewhere. Right. I just didn't know in what capacity mm-hmm. it could help me. So I was like, oh, let's just give it a try. That yeah, makes sense. and I was I was hooked. I went every Monday for the next two years, and the acupuncturist became a very dear friend of mine. And I started asking questions, you know, like, oh, what's it like? And I, I totally thought it was kind of like a, a, a trade school. I'm like, so you go for like six months and then you're done, right? And she goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> and she, I mean, she was very respectful about it, but she, she said, you know, it's a four-year program. It's about 2,500 clinical hours. It's a multiple licensed degree. What does that mean, multiple licenses? Um, multiple, multiple licenses means that you have to sit for multiple board exams. Okay. So there's national board exams that you have to pass um, several in order to obtain a license. Um, and so I, I was like, okay, thank you very much. And bye <laughs> for a little while and, right. and stuck out the corporate gig. And then I said, you know, why don't it, – it, it's not going anywhere for me. So I, I have to try. Mm-hmm. I can't know if I don't try. And thank goodness I had some skill <laughs> because I just kind of said, I was like, let's do it. And I just, I gave my notice and quit. And at the time I was also teaching yoga on the side. So I had, I should say that I had about three, four years of, of doing some kind of body mind kind of therapy with people and in a yoga class setting. So uh, it wasn't completely unknown to me, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so Let's talk a little bit more just about acupuncture in general because it's something that we haven't talked about much on the show and that I definitely don't know very much about personally. Um, so uh, let's start with my like very broad strokes of things I think I know about acupuncture. <laughs> and then you can tell me if I'm wrong. So uh, I think of acupuncture as being like Eastern medicine based, but I have no like more specific information than that. And uh, as we've established, Sarah's not Chinese. <laughs> She's Italian. <laughs> right. Well, so that's interesting to me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, so it, the history in terms of like the Eastern world is long, even though it sounds like the, like, like you were saying, like it wasn't even legal to do in New York until 93. Um, 
So, uh, like, if you were going to say to, like, a five-year-old what the basic idea behind acupuncture is, what would you tell that small child? I, I love that question because I always say, talk to me like I'm five. Yeah, yeah. To people <laughs> when I, I need things to be broken. Primarily when it is with, like, taxes and accounting. Yeah. And that's usually when I'm using it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so to, to answer the, f the first thing that you commented on, and I'll, I'll talk more about it, acupuncture, yes, it did come from East Asia, mm -hmm. um, and it did originate in China. Uh, acupuncture is primarily preventative medicine, so uh, it helps you stay healthy. In secondarily, or sometimes primarily, it can help you feel better. So if we think of it just as you would go to your regular doctor, I don't feel well, I'm going to my doctor, or I feel okay, I'm going for my checkup. Mm -hmm. It can work both ways. Um, it uses a different approach because it's of the Eastern tradition versus the Western tradition. Um, and in my opinion, a, a mixture of the both are the best way to treat people. But it, it started about 3,500 or so years ago, I, th I think. I, I don't think anyone really knows specifically because in traditional texts that... Um, like the there's two texts, the Nanjing and the Suwen, um, that are dated back around then, but we don't know if it was verbally passed down to, um, right. from yeah before that from point. one person to another. So it started that long ago in China, and they developed you know they they would sharpen I believe these like stone tools and that's what ended up being acupuncture so it's, it's great that we don't have that anymore of like puncturing people with stone <laughs> the advancements that we've made yeah Daphne is that what happens when you go in for your acupuncture totally. I just lie I down throw darts at her. <laughs> so it started off with that and they you know they refined their skills and um the Chinese were very advanced in in their medical practices and their understanding of the body how they knew that these, what we call meridians, exist in our body and these certain access points, which what we call acupuncture points, how they knew that that stuff existed is beyond me. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Every day I'm always fascinated at how the, it works together. Um, so acupuncture kind of works on a systemic level and it's cumulative. So the more that you get it, the more that your body kind of resets itself. If you think of um, like a, a perfect fruit or a perfect something that's that's just balanced, just right, it's like Goldilocks, right? So she found something that was just right for her. The Chinese call it the Tao, or in acupuncture we call it the Tao. T A O is pronounced Tao, and it's the the uh, symbol of it is the Yin Yang symbol. And I had a mood ring. Did you? Yeah. So nineties, right? Did it change colors? Yeah, yeah. But like yeah. my favorite were when it was like purple and fuchsia. <laughs> uh, terrible. It's like, what does it mean? I'm so sorry. All the cultures I appropriated in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that's part of going through it, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, the, the, the real symbol. use of the symbol. The real yin yang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah, the symbol of it is to present uh, represent the Tao, and if you look at it, it's. Um, the little eyes that are in, they look kind of like little like tadpole fishes or something, but the, the little eyes, there's a little bit of white in the black and there's a little bit of black in the white, meaning that they balance each other. And if you have to have one in order to have the other. So when we look at imbalance or disharmony in the body, if we have a lot of one thing, like an excess of something, excess pain 
or an ache or a cold, if, if that's there, there's got to be something that's lacking somewhere else, like energy or some kind, we call it excess and deficiency. So, or likewise, if someone's just really depleted, there's got to be some kind of compensation somewhere else. So as soon as we step out of that, that balance, that harmony, things start to happen where we have different symptoms come up. And if they're not resolved, and sometimes we don't even know, but if they're not resolved over time, we can develop these patterns. And in East Asian medicine, the, the, the Chinese really found these patterns to be true over and over and over and over again. So they wanted to do something about it. And it went anywhere from like a common cold and just being tired to, you know, before they had technology and advancement in medicine, like they would see, you know, some pretty advanced life stage things. So it can go across the, you know, the, the line of things. And so basically it's to get the goal of acupuncture is to make you feel better if you're sick or to keep you healthy, to get you back to that, that Tao, that perfect balance of yin and yang. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. That's kind of the five-year-old version of it. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that helps. No, it totally does. The five-year-old is like still thinking about their like yin yang ring. (laughs) they're gonna get because it looks cool uh great so um so you specifically uh focus on you said like sports medicine Mm -hmm. and things like that so um it sounds like that's the kind of thing that you originally like saw an acupuncturist for also is that why is that why you're there Daphne well Sarah has helped with a ton of my sports injuries I mean after I tore my ACL the morning after, even before I got the MRI, because the MRI like takes forever to get, and they rushed me in like two days after the injury. But like the morning after the injury, um, I was at Sarah's door like an hour early for the appointment, and she turned the corner, and it was just Stuart and I there, and me in crutches. And just, I remember the look on your face and I was like, I think I did something. Um, and you started to, you know, treat me right then and there. I think that treatment was a little bit more for my anxiety over everything. Largely, yes. Um, but in terms of why I initially started to do acupuncture was definitely from a pain management perspective. And then everyone who I refer to Sarah, and I think I have referred so many people who have never done acupuncture before and people who were initially skeptical and now they are obsessed with you and they are obsessed with (laughs) acupuncture. But then I always send them into Sarah because it's an injury that I feel like I'm no longer able to handle. Mm. Not so much handle, but like, I feel like it's an injury that, um, what I can do as a trainer is I can strengthen and I can realign and I can balance and I can stretch. But when it comes to inflammation, trigger point therapy, or just, just attacking that injury. It's like, if you have me and Sarah kind of tag teaming you, then you're essentially, you have like the best entourage of people who are going to get you healthy Mm -hmm. super fast. So I actually have a a long history with acupuncture. So growing up in a Chinese, a super Chinese family (laughs) in the Bay area of California, I completely what I completely bore witness to acupuncture my entire mm-hmm. childhood. So probably just like the polar opposite of, of you guys. So growing up, I was dragged along to these appointments in Chinatown with my mom and dad. And I would sit in this like stinky waiting room, just of all these Chinese <laughs> herbs and me just wanting to like, I was playing on my um, like Tamagotchi and <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> with my yin yang mood ring and, um, you know, waiting for my parents to finish their acupuncture 
uh, appointment. I remember we had a family friend who would come over and she would bring a table and do acupuncture on my parents. And I remember being like, ah, the herbs, the herbs. Like it was just all like, you know, nine year old Daphne running around just wanting to play. So growing up, it was a complete like normal occurrence in my life, bearing witness to it, but I didn't understand it. Um, also growing up, there's a technique called cupping that Sarah does, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, now it's very trendy. You see a lot of celebrities with these like, uh, symmetrical, like circular bruises kind of on their backs and all along their body. Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, and that's something like my family and I did when we were like sitting around the living room in the evenings watching Chinese soap operas. My mom would just be doing the cups to my dad's back and then my sisters and I would chase each other with them <laughs> and we'd even like... Oh, yeah. so, do like the Madonna cone Yeah, we would do like... Yeah, I was like, do I want to say this? Yeah, way. like as like, you know, nine-year-olds were like, oh, it's so funny, you know, <laughs> and we thought it was so funny because we didn't have the fire ones, but we had the suction, suction ones. Yeah. So it'd be funny to like stick them on our like thighs and just see how much like, you know, fat we could get into them. <laughs> but so growing up, it was just a completely normal occurrence, but I didn't discover it until I graduated. I didn't get, I didn't start doing it until I graduated college. And what brought me to an acupuncturist was I was desperate for pain relief. It was like desperate. It was that back, that upper back and neck situation that mm -hmm. I've talked about in many previous episodes. Um, I was, uh, it was like the last resort. It was right after graduation and the pain was so bad that um, it was just like affecting quality of life uh, to the point where it was, you just like, I couldn't function. So I literally Googled, you know, acupuncturist NYC and just the first person that popped up was a Chinese woman who was located on Canal Street by the that bus station, the, the Feng Hua. Is that the... Yeah, yeah. totally. So she was the like Chinatown right, bus. The Chinatown bus. She was literally located right above the Chinatown bus. Um, and I remember just it helped so much. So then it was after that that I, um, you know, I saw her a whole bunch. And then I had another experience with another acupuncturist, um, which was really great. And then it was after... Uh, and then her schedule got a little too busy. And then Sarah came into my life literally at like the perfect time. So Sarah and I met about two summers ago. Mm -hmm. I remember it was really hot the day I met you. Was it? And it was really warm. This yeah, sounded I remember like really I, romantic. I know. <laughs> yeah. It was hot the it day was, we it met. It was really hot the day we met. It was a warm, steamy day. It was a warm, steamy day, and we met at a networking event. <laughs> <laughs> so romantic. Yeah, and it was actually our, my chiropractor, Dr. Tim Merrick, who I talk about all the time, who's also been like a huge part of my healing, who was like, Daphne, Sarah, you guys should meet. And I was like, oh, you're an acupuncturist. Great. <laughs> and so began um, our wonderful journey. Um, and I train Sarah and Sarah treats me. So now when I see Sarah, Sarah works on my post-surgery knee and my other knee, which has been compensating for the surgery knee for so long. Any ache, any type of pain. The, the stress any, I like, give you. <laughs> There's probably one spot that's like the Joanna this is the Joanna. Yelling me spot. This is the Joanna trigger point right here. <laughs> Um, uh, from a physical perspective, uh, releasing knots, I get a sharp shooting pain down my right arm from being on the computer and Sarah's able to literally like nip that in the bud when it flares up, uh, any type of lower back, upper back, hamstring issue, knees, feet, plantar fasciitis, you know, inflammation in the, the heel of the foot, um, any anything from a physical perspective, Sarah is able to literally, uh, 
take care of in one session. And I hear that from everyone too. I was even training one of our, our mutual clients who Sarah referred to me, a male client the other, yesterday. And he was like, yeah, normally when that shoulder pain pops up, when I like aggravate my shoulder, it's like, I'm looking at like six weeks of, of, you know, inflammation. And I know it's going to take six weeks to like calm down. I saw Sarah in one session and it was, and he was just like, I feel fine today. So we can go back to doing push-ups and stuff. And I was like, yes, you know, that is awesome. <laughs> so from a physical perspective, that's how Sarah has helped me. Now from an emotional and mental perspective, <laughs> that's where I can't even, I don't even know where to begin. So just a few things that Sarah is able to help with bloating, lots of stress reduction. I sleep better. Uh, anxiety levels are lower. I feel like I've come to you in moments of like great stress. I, I can't remember when, but I feel like Life. there have definitely been moments where I arrive at Sarah's and I'm like in tears over something. Or there are some moments where I'm like, I'm good. And I just like, let's just focus on my knees. I'm glad um, but that you're doing that to someone else since I do it to you I so know. often. So that's, that's <laughs> really funny. Exactly. It's, it's like a circle. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if I no don't have my... No one comes kind to me. I don't know <laughs> if they don't have comedy problems or like what... You just wait. We're opening up an entire like camp of worms right now. All of a sudden people are going to be like, Joanna, Joanna, Joanna I need podcasting yeah. issues. <laughs> so from, um, from a mental, emotional perspective, anxiety relief, stress relief, um, moods, uh, depression, sleep, jaw clenching, so many other di- digestion. Problems. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or these are just like general ones that you know, Sarah can help with and some of which I, you know, <laughs> currently or have experienced, um, stomach stuff. Uh, you know, my fiance has Crohn's disease and acupuncture has been really helpful for him from a digestive standpoint. So it's pretty much awesome. <laughs> and everyone go see Sarah. And that's my history and my relationship to Sarah and acupuncture. Uh, in a nutshell in a long nutshell as usual after Daphne's like super sunny completely optimistic everything is wonderful now I have to like put on my grumpy normal person and ask my grumpy normal person questions alright so first of all the needle thing I assume that that freaks a lot of people out because a lot of people have a thing about needles so what's the deal with the needles and should I be freaked out yeah the first thing I say is I hate needles too Um, Because I actually, sometimes I like to refer to these as filaments. They're actually, um, they're not the needles that we think of when we go to the doctor's office. If we're going back to 90s mood ring, (laughs) we had to have our finger pricked, right? I mean, how terrible was that? It's at the tip of your finger to draw blood and then it like pokes you and it hurts. And there's, that's what we think of when we say the word needle. Um, These needles or filaments are actually sometimes smaller than the hair that's on your head. So, and they're bendable and they're teeny, teeny, tiny. And sometimes you don't, you can't even see them. They're so narrow. So they don't extract blood. There's a a medical term that we use called hypodermic, which means that it basically is a needle for extracting plasma or blood or something. Right. They're not that at all. So they're not hollow born needles. They're not, they don't have like this hollow part of it inside because they're not sucking anything out. Additionally, they only go into what we call the connective tissue spaces. So you have your skin layer and then right below that you have this area that's kind of filled with like fluid and connective tissue and fascia and all sorts of good stuff for your body, lymphatic system, the blood system. <clears throat> and they, they sit right there, so they're quite superficial most of the time. 
um, unless I'm going into muscles and I trigger point muscle releases, which are a little bit below that. And then I, you know, I don't keep it there and I bring it back up. So it's not the, the needles are actually quite small and very, very narrow there. You feel kind of like if you were to dig your, uh, what what is this your nail yeah you were to dig your nail into your skin and kind of press down and pinch it a little bit that's kind of the sensation that it feels like is that what it feels like Daffy even lighter I think even lighter yeah yeah well I like I told Sarah I'm like get in deep (laughs) (laughs) I'm even hesitant to call them needles because they're so right they they're not needles like they're not like they're, they're just not. Yeah, they're like, I, I don't even, some people don't know the word filament, so I, I'm, I'm forever in search of finding a better like, yeah. word for it, so if any of you guys have any comments, <laughs> it feels uh, like, let me know. It feels like, if you like, for me, it feels more like if you like flick your nail onto your skin, it's just like, boop. Right. Yeah. So yeah, when, when it goes in the skin, there's like a pressure point, like a brief second, split second, split second of pressure. And then it, the sensation afterwards, it, it varies. So some points you may not even feel at all. And some points you're like, whoa, I feel it a lot. Mm-hmm. Everything that is a good sensation, some people say, oh, it feels heavy. It's weird. Like someone's like putting weight on my body. Or I feel like it's achy or sometimes itchy, and that can happen too. Those are all really good things. Um, so achy, they heavy, They sound itchy. like bad things. <laughs> but they're not in the sense of like, my body aches, I'm getting sick. It's not that kind of ache. It just, it's, it feels kind of like a dense local sensation around um, the point. And it's, it's actually... Like, you know when you're about to fall asleep and you feel like your body's getting more heavy? Mm-hmm. I think it's that more like that sensation, at least to me when I receive it. Like when I'm on the train mm-hmm. after teaching school and I'm like, I'm definitely not going to fall asleep on the train today. I'm just going to rest my head on the window. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I like, my head jerks forward. And then it happens. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, yeah, my body's starting to feel heavy kind of sensation. Mm-hmm. That's, that's usually what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I yeah, feel then, like energy, like whenever you're specifically yeah. working on like my knee. I can just feel them healing. Mm-hmm. Like I can just feel. Okay, like a so good... that's awesome, and I am so glad that that's your experience. <laughs> As a normal person listening, it's... in my brain, I'm like, that sounds crazy. Yeah, you know. It's like... And I want to separate here, like what I am saying to you as like this normal person character versus like how I want to treat your experience because I don't in any way want to like negate your experience. No, I know you're like, representing your the expertise, normal people. But I'm representing what I sh- know to be like a vocal cohort of people who are like, that's mumbo jumbo. It's just because you think right. it works. That's uh, something like, that I do want to no. say too, is that I even wrote this in like big notes here to make sure to mention, like it's not psychosomatic. Like this isn't like an energy, like if I believe it, it'll work. It's not like crystals. It's not like Reiki. <laughs> We're gonna get a I know. lot of uh, I know, emails from I know. the crystal people and Reiki. And I mean, I get it. I you know, I yay energy healers. But like, this is not just Sarah like putting her hands on you and telling you you're gonna be okay. Like this has existed longer than Western medicine. And I and we Joanna, you and I have actually have a mutual friend and client who has started to see an acupuncturist. And the first thing she said to me the next day after I saw her was she didn't realize how physical it was going to be mm-hmm. like for her injury. She thought it was going to be very mental, emotional, and that it was going to be, she was going to think about healing and bring in healing thoughts. And the acupuncture was going to help her, her chi and all that. But she was like, Oh, and for her, it's a shoulder issue. 
uh, she was surprised at just how quickly it just fixed her shoulder issue. Like from a very physical standpoint, it's just, it, it fixes and it fixes things and you can explain much better. Like why it fixes things. But, um, I, I get the trigger point. Sarah will do a lot of trigger points on me. That's very tangible. That's very physical. It's a muscle that's gripped and the needle is able to just release that muscle. Yeah. So Sarah, maybe you can talk about this a little bit. I mean, I know you didn't go to school for four years to like learn how to do magic. So like maybe you can talk about <laughs> like, uh, sort of like where you view what you do on the like spectrum between like medical I feel like there's this like spectrum between like medic, like sort of Western style medicine, mm-hmm. which to a large extent I feel like is determined by medical schools and insurance companies, mm-hmm. which is like, this is our like set list of problems you can have and ways that we treat it, which is basically determined by like what insurance will pay for. I have <laughs> negative connotations because I've had some problems with my insurance paying for treatment for my shoulder, uh, because like... When you see a physical therapist, for example, and you're using insurance, they're like, well, you have a prescription for this part of your body that we can treat in these ways and regardless and this many sessions and, this many sessions, and that like, that's and it. And then that's it. Um, but also like the, like Western medicine has a history of like certain kinds of studies and trials that like we understand sort of what that means about what has been tested in what way. And then there's, like, the far other side, which is, like, if I breathe air and think happy thoughts, then, like, things will be better. And I'm not saying that, like, there's no value to that because I breathe air and think happy thoughts and sometimes things do get better. But, like, where do you view (laughs) um, what you do along that spectrum or outside of it if you would, like, describe it in a different way? Because, like I said, like, I know you went to school for four years. Like, what you do is a legitimate thing. Right. But I would guess there are people who like don't understand that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, yeah, I have a couple of thoughts of all of that. Um, so the Western versus Eastern thing, it's, I mean, it's largely a debate even in my field of like, this is better and this is better. Um, I am not a purist just so everyone knows I'm not a purist. What's best for you may be different for everyone else. So go with what you think is best. You know, it could be all Western. It could all be Eastern. It could be a combination of things. Mm -hmm. Um, But having said that, Western medicine likes quantitative results. They are very result-oriented. Clinical trials, metadata studies. Blood blood tests. Right. This blood result means this. This is XYZ. I can fit it into a box and I can mark it as such and I can check it off a list. Um, and it's very successful in that way because, you know, when something's truly wrong in our bodies, we need to know what exactly it is and how we do it. Like, okay, this is the result and this is how we're going to make it better. Um, Eastern medicine is much more fluid. It's largely, it's quantitative, yes, but it is also qualitative. There's a big part of Eastern medicine, and I, when I say that, I'm, I'm not only, just so everyone knows, I'm not just talking about acupuncture, but I'm talking about, like, Chinese herbs. Daphne mentioned that, you know, she would smell it when she went into, like, the <laughs> clinic when she's little. That's, that's a, also a component of what I call Eastern medicine. I try to not refer to it as Oriental medicine. Um, the term now is more Eastern medicine, so just so everyone knows. Um, Eastern medicine has this word called qi. And I, I like to call it, it's actually uh, spelled Q-I, but I call it the C word because people <laughs> call it C-H-I in, in English. Sure. And, <laughs> and uh, the, 
The C word is very tricky because sometimes as soon as you'd be like, yeah, feel the chi in your body, people are like, what are you talking right. about? They're like, I am checking out. Yeah, that yeah, is exactly. a concept that I don't associate with. Right, right. 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 And, and that's okay. You know, we're not, it's, I mean, I personally do believe in, in chi. Chi is, okay, if you were to close your eyes, not if you're driving, but close <laughs> your eyes and think of something that you, that excites you and you love so dearly. And it could be like a little puppy, uh, <laughs> or a like, panda, uh, or, a panda or, yeah. <laughs> or, or your significant other or your oh, baby. Sure, sure. Or, or, we all yeah, or food, food and animals. animals. <laughs> food and animals before any of our significant Anything others. Anything that excites you or like this new feeling. And then Think of when you first saw that that bean or that food or that whatever <laughs> that butterfly feeling. That's that's chi. And then if we still have our eyes closed, we can open them. But uh, <laughs> that's that's chi. Like the feeling that you have in your in your like I have butterflies in my stomach. Like that's a very common phrase that we use in our society here. Uh, that's chi. It's non physical. You can't see it, but you can feel it. Um, we in, in yoga, people call it prana, and in other wellness modalities, I'm sure there's other words for it too. Um, but it's the non physical energy that runs through us, and it does exist. It's how we connect with people, it's how we like our intuition is largely part of it too. Um, our gut instinct the that phrase gut instinct, um, scientists believe that this the, the, the gut is the second brain. And there's so, so many neuro like receptors in our gut that go that send feedback up to the brain um, via a, a nerve. It's called the vagus nerve. And so that gut instinct is also chi. So it's, it's the, the sensation chi runs throughout our, our bodies and it's, it's not physical, but it's there. It's kind of like this like an orb of like this vibration or currency. Um, and some people call it like a connection to an, to the, the world and to other people. And like, the phrase of we're all connected to one another. That's, that's also chi that it's not physical, but it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm careful about saying that to everyone. I tend to try and talk about Eastern medicine principles with Western words, which is often a difficult concept, uh -huh. but it's what we understand in our society and it's what we know and accept. And I think the most important thing when I'm working with patients and clients is that they feel safe and they feel like they understand what is going on. And that's super important because that's a big part of their healing process when they're in my office. So as long as they feel safe and they understand what's going on, they don't necessarily have to believe in or understand the word chi, but I, I try and give them words and vocabulary and Western principles so that they can understand what's going on. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the, the scoop on needles and chi and all these <laughs> things that are not very well known. And, you know, it's, it's definitely growing. Like, uh, the, the, the presence of, of acupuncture or Eastern medicine into, the, the Western scope or how we're integrating it, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's growing. It's, we, it was not legal and, you know, 20, what is that? 20 years ago. And it's, it's definitely has like a growing presence. Um, I think that it's 
going forward even more and that the the reputation that acupuncture has had for being kind of like a voodoo science or right. <laughs> or we arbitrarily just put needles in people <laughs> it's you know it's it's kind of going away a little bit and it's it's being more widely accepted not just with individuals but with hospitals and facilities um i know in in new york city alone there's msk memorial sloan kettering uh, New York, Columbia, Presbyterian, and NYU, where I'm at, Beth Israel, uh, which is shutting down, by the way. I saw that. It's yeah, terrible. did you see that? Yeah. Wait, what? Beth Israel is <laughs> closing. It's it's well, oh, no. it's yeah, it's outpatient doors. Oh, so, okay. um, it's not totally gone. And now Mount Sinai is now saying that those are false allegations. Uh-huh. I don't know. Huh. It's like crazy. hospital drama. You yeah, know. hospital oh, drama <laughs> for all the local people in New York. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is a big deal only because BI is uh, in like St. Vincent's when it closed. There's there's nothing that's really serving um, the city below 14th Street besides uh, Lower Manhattan mm-hmm. at Wild Cornell. So yeah. um, anyway, <laughs> but the in hospitals, they have in, what's called integrative health programs now. Uh, and integrative health can mean yoga and massage therapy and acupuncture, but acupuncture is being integrated into their programs for their patients. Uh, there was an article that just came out last week of a, an emergency department in, I believe, Minnesota is now offering patients acupuncture instead of drugs. And they, they got... I think the Times or something wrote an article about it. Um, I wish I had the exact article to. to That's tell okay. You guys if you about find it. it, we can include it in our show notes. Okay, great. But that sounds good. Yeah. So anyway, you can like put it in our mailing list. Oh, now. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's actually a very interesting article. It's worth a read. Um, but anyway, it's there's all these integrative health programs, and I, myself at at NYU, I'm at the Perlmutter Cancer Center, so I'm I'm dealing largely with uh, oncology patients that are head and neck. And, you know, these people, they, they have it hard. Head and neck is difficult because of where it is. They deal with loss of appetite. They can't eat. They can't chew. They lose their voices. Um, they have dry mouth, which is called xerostomia. And then if they don't produce mucus, they can get an infection in their mucus glands. So they have all of these things that they're battling with on top of these side effects. So acupuncture can't cure the cancer. They need Western medicine for that. But acupuncture, absolutely. I can't tell you how much it helps with their general stress about it. It helps with uh, the tingling and loss of sensation we call uh, in your fingers and toes. We call neuropathy. And it helps with that. It helps with dry mouth. It helps with insomnia that they can get. So it really helps uh, them feel like they have some hope and encouragement throughout their treatment. Um, so that's, I only mention all of this because this is a big part of how acupuncture is now kind of being infused a little bit more in our society, um, in the medical sense mm-hmm. and the, the wellness world of how we work with, um, personal trainers and physical therapists and chiropractors. Like that's kind of where I put like my private practice, um, versus at the hospital. And, you know, I need those people to help people feel better and to learn how to safely move their bodies when they exercise. And it's so great when I, I am able to, you know, like I send clients to Daphne and that, you know, they can feel like they're like, oh, wow, I feel really good. My endorphins are going because I get my physical exercise. I'm not feeling like I was before. And then I can help them, you know, continue on that path or PTs or orthopedists. 
all of the above. So that's kind of uh, how acupuncture is fitting in um, in our society. So yeah. can we talk a little bit about your practice? Sure. So Let's. to me, like for both of you, like the idea of being like a young person starting my own business that is where also like I had to go to like school and do a bunch of training and stuff is super intimidating. So how did you come to starting your practice? Uh, I, it's sometimes I think that I just got lucky and I ended up like, (laughs) I don't know, let's try this. Um, no, I knew when I was in graduate school, finishing up the the equivalent of like a, a residency is what I was finishing up before I was licensed. And I knew I wanted to have a setting where I could have optimal time to help my patients. Um, optimal time for me you, usually means only seeing one or two clients at a time, so one or two private rooms. And I, I know that I also work much better one-on-one. Um, when I was teaching yoga, a big part of my inability to grow that uh, was I, I couldn't do group classes. Like it was, it was just really hard for me. Um, not like other actors. I don't like being on the stage and I don't like having the spotlight all on me. Um, so I, but I'm very good one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I wanted that to kind of be a setting and I knew I wanted to stay uh, in Manhattan um, or in the New York City area. Um, and I knew, so most of my business needed to be a private practice. And uh, the the opposite of that, so everyone knows, is like in a public setting, we call them clinics or community clinics, um, where there's anywhere from 5 to 10 to 12 patients on, on tables in an open room. And that community clinic setting, they, both of them are great, the private practice versus community clinic. They just differ in feel. And community clinics offer an opportunity for people to receive this kind of care who normally wouldn't be able to afford it or have access to it. And I wanted a balance of the two, but primarily I wanted to do the private practice. So I, I started doing it and it's, it's all word of mouth that it happens for, for a practice. And um, I knew I wanted to be kind of the, the, the person who spearheads where the direction goes for Avalon acupuncture. And I knew I wanted to be the owner of that versus me going to work for a company, like me being in a chiropractor's office, for example, or another working for another acupuncturist. I wanted Avalon to be its own thing because I knew uh, the, the method uh, that I wanted to and the style that, of acupuncture that I wanted to do. I knew it was extremely effective. And I knew that from being a former athlete that there's this missing piece in wellness and injury prevention that really needed to be addressed. So the I have that private practice and then I would say that's about 80% of my time and 20% of my time I am in I am involved in a community clinic called Global HealthWorks Foundation and it's a a, a community clinic that provides uh, treatment for local people in Guatemala. So it's actually, it's international and it's um, headed by someone here in New York. Um, his name's Dan Wunderlich. But look up Global Health Works Foundation. It's an amazing foundation and it provides free integrative health care for people. And these people like sometimes don't even have clean access to clean water. So I feel like it's so important for me to balance, you know, having, giving 
an opportunity for people to receive it in a, a community setting. And obviously that's an extreme example, but then also, you know, I'm able to do that because I have my, my own practice and Avalon acupuncture does, you know, exist here and I'm able to go remotely and do other, it's kind of like acupuncturists without borders. Sort yeah. Of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Because one of the things that I, um, you know, that has kept me from investigating acupuncture in the past is like the cost barrier, right? Or at least the perceived cost barrier um, that I think is true with a lot of the um, kinds of uh, like kinds of experts we've had on the show, like whether it's a personal trainer or it's like a private yoga instructor or even PT to a certain extent or massage therapy, there's um, often it, at least feels like it exists outside of sort of our regular um, like ways of paying for medical care. Um, I know that that's not always the case. Like I think I saw on your site that like you do have some like ability to take insurance. Is that true? That is true. Yeah. I accept out of network insurance for the, we call them the four bigs, um, (laughs) the four major ones. It's Aetna, Cigna, Blue Cross and United. Um, and so I always, I have on my website, I have a way that people can just submit their information and I can get back to them if they're curious about, Mm -hmm. yeah, insurance coverage. But that is, I think, um, a challenge because the, from, from what I can tell, like the people who work in these fields, like want to help as many people Mm -hmm. as possible. And the fact of the matter is that because of the way our, like payment structures are structured, it tends to be people with privilege who have access to these things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I, I, you know, it seems like in like more like when it was more culturally specific, when like only Chinese people were getting acupuncture, mm-hmm. that like it, it didn't feel. It doesn't seem to me like it was set up as like a luxury situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that as a criticism, but just as someone, it's nice to know that there are like community clinic options where, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, someone like me who's in, like might be interested in seeing what it was like, but can't afford like yet another like expert in my life who deserves to be paid what they're worth, but I can't afford it. Uh, you know, it's nice to know that there is a way to like access that kind of care and see if it might be right for you without like, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, oftentimes, um, or some of the times I'll have people that, you know, they express that when they, they have interest in, um, receiving acupuncture and they tell me, you know, I, maybe in the future, if my financial situation is different and I always like to refer them to the community clinics here just because it's, it's most important that they feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they're able to get the care that they need. Uh, I, of course, would love to see them, but if I can't, it's okay. You know, we're all here to help. The, the, the greater goal is to make people feel better. Yeah. So um, it, for those of you that are listening that are interested, there's great community clinics. Um, the main one I would recommend in uh, central Brooklyn is Brooklyn Open Acupuncture. It's just off of the Atlantic stop in Fort Greene. That's so close to me. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, they're wonderful. The Most of the people that, the, the founder of it, Liz, and then the people that work there are all graduates from um, uh, the, the program I went to and some from another one. So it's it's balanced very well. Um, and I think Liz is, I, I don't want to speak for her, but from what I remember talking with her, her dream was to make sure that it was accessible for everyone. 
Um, and there, the, there are several in the city. Um, in lower Manhattan, there's city acupuncture off of Fulton Street. Uh, there's Olo acupuncture in Midtown. I think they're on 23rd Street. Um, and then uh, there are a few more, and they're popping up all over the place, but which is great. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you're interested, like if you're interested in receiving a private treatment versus community clinic, sometimes acupuncturists will also have sliding scales. Mm-hmm. The reason, yeah, and and I do, I want to say, I, I definitely hear you with the concern of you know wanting for it to be available to more people instead of just like privileged people that can have this service because it, it is like it truly is meant to be available for everyone and if if you were to go to china hosp- hospitals in china right now they they give everyone acupuncture everyone receives acupuncture everyone receives western medicine and it's it's done that way and it's very cost effective in that model um and the I think it, it has become kind of like a, a luxury service a little bit in some situations, but there are still uh, places that you can receive just, you know, like like good quality time. It's not one-on-one and it may not be as long of a time, but it's you're still getting things addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the more, the, the best thing that we can do right now is try and, and t- have these dialogues and talk more about acupuncture because the more we are, the more insurance companies are going to carry it and the more that they're going to accept that onto certain plans. Totally. Um, and it is growing a lot and quite rapidly in the insurance world. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully, you know, my dream would be for it to, you know, be at least subsidized if not covered right. for, for most people. Well, like when I went to um, physical therapy for my shoulder, um, they had a um, medical masseuse who worked in the office who, like, I could use my insurance to cover massage. And, like, that, I would guess, is a fairly recent development, but is based on, like, as we learn more about, like, how all these parts of, uh, you know, medicine and wellness fit together, like, and there's more demand for these things, hopefully, hopefully, the um, companies that we purchase our insurance from will, like, help provide what we demand. Yeah. So, totally. Yeah, really absolutely. Cool. I mean, I, it, that would be the ultimate way that they actually listen. Right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, so you've been so nice about telling us other people we can find. <laughs> Look, tell us how we can find you. Um, because uh, obviously, as Daphne says, uh, you're wonderful. Yeah. So um, if people want to find you, uh, either in the physical world or the internet world, how do they find you? Yeah. Uh, if you find me on Facebook, it's Avalon Acupuncture. And just so you know, acupuncture is spelled with one C, um, A-C-U, instead of A-C-C-U. And then on Twitter and Instagram, um, I'm Avalon underscore Acu, so Avalon underscore A-C-U. Awesome. Um, or just give me a shout, send a smoke signal, anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm around. Um, we'll also make sure to put uh, all your information in the show notes so that uh, when people look, they can find What's you. What's your website? My my website is avalonacupuncture.com. Okay. Yeah. And your social security. <laughs> exactly. And your phone number, Exactly. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to make sure to say about like what you do or what acupuncture is while you have this incredibly powerful microphone in front of you? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think we covered everything. I think that, you know, um, you know, just like 
you know, like different flavors of ice cream. There's so many flavors out there and I'm the particular flavor of doing, I do mostly physical medicine and, um, and I treat a lot of athletes. I have, uh, you know, like ballet dancers as clients and sports athletes and weekend warriors. But then equally I have, you know, people that I like to see for just, you know, normal day to day stress or, you know, internal stuff that, you know, like Daphne had mentioned a lot of it of, of like, like stomach issues or asthma or allergies. So um, I say that because if you're interested in it, you know, there, there is a very large scope that acupuncture does treat. Um, and it's, it's um, my style tends to be um, a balance between uh, the physical medicine and then helping people, uh, you know, feel good for any kind of other disharmonies. So yeah. Awesome. You're the best ice cream flavor. <laughs> no. Your cookie, cookie dough. dough. Yes. Oh my gosh. The universal yes. <laughs> the universal ice cream flavor that I think everyone loves. Awesome. Well, Sarah Maccarello, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. I appreciate it. Yay. Yay. Everyone go see Sarah. Yay. <laughs> uh, if you are just for the first time listening to Just One More, maybe because you're a fan of Sarah's and wanted to hear her on the podcast, or maybe this just happens to be your first episode. Um, there are a few past episodes that we thought might be a good starting place to get sort of a foundation about the things that we talk about on the show, uh, fitness and nutrition and how normal people can be more awesome. Um, episode one, we talked about fat. In episode three, we talked about carbs and gluten, and we talked about protein in episode 11. I feel like that's like the, the nutrition building block episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in episode six, we talked about how to start running. I know a lot of people are um, looking to start running now that the weather is nice. Um, and episode 13, we have Daphne's top five tips and tricks. That's a good one if you're looking for some quick and dirty information for uh, how <laughs> so to <dirty>. get more awesome. <laughs> so if you uh, are new and want to listen to past episodes, you can either find them on our website, which is justonemorepodcast.com, or you can find them on iTunes or Google Play. All of our previous episodes are available for download right now. Um, so check them out. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on iTunes or Google Play or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes and help subscribing, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. You can fill out our survey at justonemorepodcast.com slash survey. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Do you guys want to say bye? Bye. Bye. (laughs) Toodles. Bye.